First John chapter 2 today. First John chapter 2 today. Where we'll find ourselves. Uh, and then we'll kind of pick back over to the Gospels and staying with our trend, getting us from uh, getting us to Easter. So First John chapter 2. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. John 2, chapter 1 and uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Um, John writing this epistle says, My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Amen. Amen. He's righteous. You better believe he is. And he is the perpetuation for our sins, and not for mine only, not for ours only, not for John's only, but the sins of the whole world. He took the sins of the whole world, the Bible says. And Jesus proves it. How quickly we forget those things in our life. How quickly we forget. God wants to do a new thing in your life. He's proved that today already, that he wants to do some new things in our life. He wants to be center stage in your life. He wants to work and wheel some things out in your life. And we're going to do away with these. He wants to do a new thing uh, this morning. God's got a word for the church today. He wants to do a new thing. But He don't want you to forget some old things either. How quickly we can have a tendency to forget. Um, we can go to, let's say, Luke 22. You'll turn with me there. We'll get into our message today, starting with verse 44. And in agony he prayed the more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. Jerusalem is packed. It's out of control. It, it's uh, overrun with Romans and rulers and religious fanatics and sacra, priests and Passover, and, and all these things are going on. And your Lord and Savior is headed to the cross, and he enters into the garden, the Bible says, and he takes these this far, these this far, and he falls to the ground and he begins to pray. And the Bible, he looks at Peter, James, and John and he says, you know what, I'm exceeding sorrowful. And he walks a stone throw away and he falls to the ground. And we talked about this in extension. Uh, and, he, and he prays. And he prays to the Lord that this cup would pass. And he goes back and he finds them asleep and he wakes them up and he says, pray for me yet a little while. And he goes back and he falls down to the ground and he's praying again and he's praying earnestly and he gets back up and he goes in there asleep and he says, sleep on for the spirit is strong but the flesh is definitely weak. And he goes back and he prays, Lord, let this cup pass if there's any other way. He said, is there another way for this to pass? And the Bible says that his sweat came as drops of blood and he rose from the ground and he said this is it it is enough it is done and he goes back and he wakes them up and he says come on i've settled this thing i've made up my mind i've made my decision i've set my face as flint i'm going he who betrays me is coming get up and let's go and and, and, he, and he does that uh, and that's what happens uh and something wonderful happened right there God got in alignment with his father. He was already now. He could he have sinned? The Bible says that he he was born as unto us, yet without sin. 
He didn't sin. He got in alignment with his father. I'm going to tell you something happens when you get into alignment with your father. Do you know that principles happen to all of us? I can, I can work hard and be successful. I can go with good credit and buy a house. I can go with good credit and buy a car. The principles in this book right here work for a sinner and saint. They work for everybody. It rains on the swamp, rains on the just and the unjust. These things work for everybody. But as a child, the promises work for my good, for my benefit. I can get the house. He's going to press. It ain't the house I'm worried about. He's got to provide the payment. It's not getting the car that's the problem. It's getting the paycheck. It's knowing that I've never forsaken us, nor do the righteous beg for bread. That's what he says. I have a promise that he gives to his children. It's almost like me. Grayson's stuff may not matter to you, but to his daddy it's a big deal. The principles of this world says that he can have whatever he needs uh, through different various organizations and different agencies. The father in me says, I'm going to provide everything that he needs. Everything that he needs and desires, I'm going to try in my hardest to fulfill that, but he's going to have to do his part. Just like the principles, you got to fill out the right paper to get the right stuff, just like the father. I don't have to jump through hoops. I've got to, hum, I've got to lay down and say, not my will though, your will. Even if I don't see it, understand it, hear it, the cup. Let it pass. The cup. Let it pass. The cup. You want the cup? You want the call without the cup? You can't have the call without the cup. You can't have the blessing without the burden. Because you don't realize it. I'm going to show you this in a minute. Because you don't realize what you're getting if you never lost something. You don't realize how good it feels if it never hurt. You don't feel how you don't realize how good God is until you realize you're a sinner. You don't realize some things in your life. How easily we get saved, then how easily we forget how good God is. How easily we forget that when we walked it out this way that time, boy, He did He blessed every step of the way. Then why would we go this way or that way when He's saying, turn neither to the right nor the left? But when you come to a crossroads in your in your life, I think Luther probably teaches on this last week, or he will, because when you come to the crossroads of your life, he calls out and says, go you straight. How long? How long will you go the wrong way? Something wonderful happens when you get yourself in alignment. Habits begin to break. Chains begin to come off. God begins to move in your life, use you in your life. Not only do you get promises, but this is what happened when he's exceeding great promises. Exceeding great promises. The problem is, and you say, well, why don't I get those promises? Why can't I grab a hold of those things? Why don't he bless me like he's blessed? Well, let me ask you this. Can he trust you like he's trusted? Them, when he gives you the gift and the calling and the authority, did you use it to help or did you use it to Lord? Ooh, Lord, help us. Help us pastors that we never lord over our congregations. 
Help our congregation that we don't cut off the ear of the guy that's coming to see Jesus because he don't look like us and dress like us and fit like this. And praise God we don't have that here. Praise God we don't have that here. But you can't look at me as I'm looking at you and say it don't happen. That's, what, that's the sorrow. That's the tragedy of the garden. Uh, they got in alignment with God. They got in the wheel with God. And, and you got Peter over there and they got these swords. And the minute they come, and I know I'm just reading a little into this, but the minute they come and say, where is Jesus? And he says, I am he. They hit the ground. He's big enough. He don't, he don't need you to fight his battles. That's why he says, the battles are mine, says the Lord. These are not your battles. You don't fight flesh and blood. You fight principalities and powers. And you know what? He rose up high above principalities and powers. He is seated on the throne high above principalities and powers. And he sat down high above principalities and powers. And he put his feet on principalities and powers so that you could rest in him seated at the right hand of the Father. He don't need you to fight his battles. And you know what? He's a big God. He don't even have a battle. He don't even have a battle. You know what I've realized in my life? If He didn't give me something that I've asked for, it's because I didn't ask for Him. Because everything that I needed in my life, He has provided in my life. And what He did provide in my life was because He was it. And I didn't recognize that He wanted me to hold on to Him and not hold on to these. And not hold on to these. And not hold on to these. He wanted, you know what? If God had given you something in your life, it's because He's what it is. He's the answer. If I just had a job, everything could get. No, if you just had a little more Jesus in your life. If I, if I would just catch a break. No, He's made a way of escape. You keep looking at the problem and never look for the door. Jesus is the door. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. In Him you live. In Him you move. In Him you have your being. Do you not realize if He's withholding anything in your life, it's because He don't want to withhold Himself from you. And He knows if He gives you something, He can't trust you with it, and you'll replace Him. And I'm going to tell you something. I will have no other gods before me. And so, Peter, Jesus, clears that way in the wheel in the garden. And you know what he did? He said, this is how it's going to be. And he shed his blood, sealed the deal. And today, that same blood that shed is speaking on my behalf. You don't have to put up with this anymore. Your will can be my will. His will may not never be your will. I'm the Lord God. I change not. So who's got to change? That's right. That's what prayer does, ain't it? He don't change his mind. Change his mind. Sometimes I got to lose my mind to let his mind. And he don't force it on. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman, ladies. Make sure you find out, ladies. Not just ladies. He's a gentleman. It'd be easier if he said, you've got my mind. You've got my ways. You're gonna, if he had said cow, I'd have been a cow. End of discussion. Right? But he said, no, I want him in my image and my likeness. Create. I'm going to touch this thing. I'm going to breathe life into the spirit, soul, mind, body. 
four parts. I lost my place. He's a gentleman. He don't force this on us. Why he says, let this mind be in you. Not my will, thy will. Paul says, you come to say every decision in your life that means anything is made in a garden moment when you say, not my will, but thy will. Or you say, let your mindset be in my mindset because I know your ways are higher, your thoughts are higher, your plans are better, your ways, everything is better if you tell me what to do and I don't tell you what to do. And that's what the will does. That's what it does. That's what God, that's what Jesus did in the garden. He shed his blood, it fell, and the blood today speaks. That's what John 1 and 2 says. Not to mention you have a perpetuation in heaven for your sins. The blood shed. You also have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The blood speaks. The blood shed for you. The blood speaks for you. I don't know about you, but I need it to speak for me. I know it's shed for me. If to be asked, I know if I die today, I'm going to heaven. I need to know that I don't have to live in the garden of unbelief, fear, anxiety, and doubt, and wondering if I'm ever going to be enough, good enough, do enough, and all these things. I need to know that the blood says you are, you will, you're accepted, chosen, sanctified, redeemed, justified, walking in the will of God, in the presence of God. You're not only a servant, you're a son, an heir, and a joint heir. Thank you, Lord. I'm a child. Hey, he wants me to have childlike faith. We've seen it today. I don't mean that I believe everything is all giddy and happy and nothing wrong can go. No, it means I'm a son, not a servant. Childlike. He can come in, my great Montana can come in at 28 years old and still got her daddy wrapped around her finger. Why? Because she still has that childlike. I still see that childlike love. She's not because she's childish, because she's my kid. I come to him. I don't act childish, but or do I? Paul says, when I thought like a child, I, when I was a child, I spake like a child, and I thought like a child. And there come a day when I had to get up and lay that childish stuff down and walk away from it and speak like a man and a lady. And I'm going to tell you what, it's hard to put down childish stuff, but it sure is good. It sure is good to mature in him and all things because I'm going to tell you what maturity does. It brings, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, it brings balance in your life. Balance in your life. Peter's broken after this when he goes to the judgment hall. He knows the story. We talked about it. He's, Jesus is broken in the garden. Peter's broken in the garden. I'm broken in the garden. They come, get Jesus, and they bind him up, and they take him before Pilate, or Pythus, high priest, bound but the word was still spoken to Peter. He told Peter, he said, you know what? When you're converted, strengthen your brother. And Peter's heard something that Jesus has done in the garden because I don't know if you realize it, but in John, and John's heard it too, Jesus is praying for himself, praying to his father. He's praying for them, and he's praying for you. 
Lord, I didn't lose none of them. All that you've given me, I've kept save one, the son of perdition. And I pray for these that are with me, Lord, that you don't keep them from evil, but that you keep them safe. Because he knows what's coming. Satan has the desire to sift you. But I prayed for you. He didn't say Satan. He didn't say Satan has tried to sift you, but I told him he couldn't. He didn't say that. He said he's desired to sift you, but I prayed for you. So he prayed for them. And then lastly, he said, and I pray for all of those who will come into this faith because of them. And that prayer is eternal when he's sealed with the blood. He, you know what? He's praying for everybody that I'm praying for that will come and because of your ministry. Great job, guys. Great job, guys. Do you know that I can back you with programs and with and things and he can back you. He can give them a Bible. He can sing to them and he can teach them, but he's prayed for them. Amen. He's prayed for them. That's why it's so important that we do the will of God because he's prayed for them. He knows them. He's formed them. He knows the plans and thoughts and he wants to send me and I say, I don't know. Why would I go there? When he says, all I need you to do is be obedient and go. So they see uh, and Peter, he's bound and, he, and they take Jesus away. And you know what? There's some separation. There's some things that happen when we get separated from people, places, things, the Lord. The Bible says here that in 54, Peter followed afar off. He followed him afar off. Followed afar off. The same legs that said, I'll run with you to the cross, followed now follows afar off. The same hands that hand out five loaves and two fishes is swinging a sword and cutting the man's ear off. Peter finds himself bound as well. He's bound too. And he starts agreeing with that. And he begins to weep. The Bible says that, that you know, and that's what happens when you find yourself struggling with some things and, and, and bound by some things. You begin to agree with those things that you'll never be, never come out, never get past, never find someone. I'm going to tell you what, don't let that kind of mindset keep you from your destiny in the best part of your life because it's because you had a bad relationship that that's that just shows you what a good one looks like just because you had a, a bad now don't get me wrong a bad experience can protect you but it shouldn't prevent you it should never prevent you because i'm going to tell you what happens is if you stay in a bad situation long enough it'll kill you what he say put your sword up those who live by the sword they die by the sword. Peter, if you stay right here, you'll never come out of here. You'll never get past that. You'll never get over these things. That's why, that's why the enemy loves to remind you of how you and what you, and you should. And, how, and he, lo he loves that past mindset. He loves that. But Paul would tell us that Jesus would tell us, leave those things in the past. Leave those things in the past. And I'm glad. I'm glad that he remembers. And that he forgets. You know, he showed me this week that uh, that, he, that that I have forgotten more than he showed me. 
And you know what? I like a right now word from the Lord. I like to hear a word today. Give it to you. Get fired up. Let's hear an amen. And let's get the hair standing up. And let's get on with our Christian walk. I love to hear a voice and a word from the Lord today. Thus saith the Lord. I love to hear that. But I also love to hear what I've already heard. That you will be. You're going to be. You know, because some of the best things in your life take time. He was not always. He's not a man. He's becoming one. She's a lady, but she always wasn't one. The greatest things in your life have to become in your life so that you can be more mature, so that you can put down. And there again, because it got to bring forth some balance in your life. And that's our next one we're going to talk about. Balance in your life. Balance. I like in Mark, Peter writes, I know it's important to him because Peter writes it that though he wept, he still knew what was going on in the Pilate's judgment hall. He still knew what was going on. So though he wept, he was still aware of what God was doing. That's a powerful, powerful statement right there. That though you weep, you still know what he's doing. You still understand that he's in control. You still understand that joy comes in the morning. Though it hurts, you're aware of what he's doing. Though we weep, we still see him. With tears in our eyes, we can still see his hand moving. Chaos and crowds and the confusion. I can still see Christ, Peter says, looking across. I can still hear the rooster, but I still know Christ is looking. And with conviction, he still can call on him. You can too. You can too. You can too. I'm all over the place now. I'm lost in my notes, but we are going to talk about balance. And then he comes to the crown. The Bible says, I don't even know where it's at in the scripture right here, but he says that they played, they took him, beat him. We'll talk about the whipping post next week. And they planted a crown of thorns on his head. You got to have balance in your life. God wants to bring balance in your life. How does He do this? We need to be balanced. Many Christians aren't balanced in their walk today. Many Christians don't understand what this balance is, and and you know, uh, and I and I, I think about my brother Chris, and he can tell you this too: uh, that when something's wrong with your mind, your balance goes off. Your balance goes off. What holds you, the Bible tells us, what halts us between opinions? Why are you so double-minded and unstable in all of your ways? How can you cry, Hosanna, one minute and crucify him the next minute? How can one minute you be eating bread with him and the next minute you betray him? How can one minute they say Christ and the next telling him what to do? Peter said, I perceive that you're the Christ, but you're not going to the cross. And he says, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what manner of spirit you're from. One minute, how can you be asleep? How many? And, and then cut a man's ear off. How can it be so, so relaxed that you can sleep one minute in the same setting, five minutes later, cut a man's ear off? Where's the balance? John, 1 John is full of balance. Darkness and light. Sin. Righteousness. And because I can't trust myself to perceive what's right and what's not, 
the Lord gave us his word to balance us. It was called the law. And he said, you know what? Here's the law. And then so, but when you measure yourself up against this, you fall short. You can't keep the law. No man can keep the law. No way. You can balance yourself. You can look at it and be balanced. And that's what this is. That's what this is. Because if I balance myself on on Odyssey and Marie, if I balance my marriage on their marriage, it can look like I can do it that way. But when I balance my marriage on what this Bible says, it looks that way. So it's very, very important that however you balance yourself, you balance yourself with what he says about it because he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And if you don't start right, you'll build wrong. You, uh, you, you just will. You, unless the Lord builds the house, unless the foundation's sure. And he says, so a lot of times we have our mindset uh, and our balance comes from what we see other people doing. They spend this way, it's this way, it's that way, it's this way. I've heard it said of other churches, uh, I want it back like it's always been. And if that church ain't there anymore, why would you want something that didn't make it? Why would you want to go a route that way? Why would you compare yourself to others? Why would you compare this church to that? Why would you compare your gifts to their gifts, your callings to your calling? Do you not know that you're unique, wonderfully and fearfully made, that every hair is numbered and every idea for you is more numerous than the sands and that his ideas for you is not his ideas for you and your ideas for you is not the ideas that he has for them. And the ideas he has for them don't apply to you and they don't apply to me. It's only his ideas that matter, only his thoughts that matter, only his words that matter and only his ways that matter thank you for the example but I need the man Amen. I need him so we couldn't keep up with the law we couldn't do that so you know what in his infinite business because we were so out of balance because I'm going to tell you we get out, out of balance if I discipline him and don't develop him I abuse him if I whoop him more than I hug him it's abuse If I hurt you more than I help you, or hold, if I hurt you more than I hold you, how can I help you? I learned this so hard. I learned this as a pastor. If I can't hug you, how can I help you? You're not going to listen to me if I take. What's that old saying say? You don't care how much you know until you know how much you care. It's true. It's true. If I don't hold your hand while we go, then I'm. Clinging blast symbols without love. The gift don't work. So we got to be balanced. We got to be balanced. And again, the book is full of balance. How can you be balanced? I lost my friend thought again. Lord help me. John 2 is full of balance. We have a situation for sin, an offering, and we have an advocate speaking, balanced. I saw it twice this week. I saw it twice this week that what we get so used to, and, I, and I'm not, God, Lord, forgive me. I saw it twice this week, what we get so used to seeing in worship when we see someone weep, you automatically wonder what's up. Why can't you weep in worship? Why can't you... Wait and work. 
Can you not worship on Sunday and weep and come and work on Wednesday? And I'm afraid that we get out of balance. Can we not worship on Sunday and live a Christian life on Monday? And I pray that we don't get so entertaining that we can't we lose our tears. That we lose that balance. I need somebody weeping on. I need I need to cry out about what he's doing just as much as I cry out for him. I need to do that. I've seen it another time in my own life. We went down this week to the FFA thing. And you know what? Your pastor wasn't here on Wednesday night. And you know why? Because his parent needed him. Balance. Balance. Got to have balance in your life. I'm a parent too. And you know what a pastor does? He parents. Again, if I if I can't hold your hand, I can't help you. I can't help you. And he looks at Peter, and Peter's grieving. He weeps bitterly, and they put a crown of thorns on his head, and that's to deliver him from everything in the back of his head, in the back of his mind, everything behind him. This crown placed on his head. Redeemed him in the back of his head. I'm not going to put it on because that would be sacrilege or whatever, but that's idiocy. But, and it delivered him in the back of his head. On the left side, the judgment. You remember what happened Malchus? He cut Malchus's right ear off and all he could do was hold his right ear in his hand and he had his left ear still on and all he could hear was how Peter treated him and how Peter wouldn't accept him and how Peter condemned him and how Peter hated him and how Peter said, you can't come, you can't be, you can't. And that's what a left-eared person, that's what a left-eared church does. That's what a left-eared people hear. Condemnation, judgment, condemnation, judgment. And Jesus says, I didn't come to condemn. I came that the world might be saved. He took that right ear and he restored that right ear so that the right side where the blessings and honors flow, so that he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord of God is saying. And so that when he does come back before the Praetorium and in front of Pilate, he says, wasn't you with him? The same man that healed his ear. And that's in John 18, if you want to look it up. And then the crown of thorns across the front of his brow, so that his future is bright, so that he can walk worthy of the call, so that he can move forward, so that he can go on in the Lord, so that he don't have to walk behind, but he can walk forward. All that you set your feet to, all that you set your mind, to look to the cross look for your redemption the blood has been shed the blood is speaking come up hither come on father come on near then he said in joshua don't be scared get up and go he says it to them in the book of acts when the holy spirit falls don't be scared get up and go get up and go and that's what he tells them balance there comes a point in your life when you got to let the mind be in you and he restores Peter's balance to him on the shores of Galilee when he says, don't you love me? Don't you love me? Don't you love me? And he says, I do. And he looks at this other man, John, and he says, Lord, but what's he going to do? And I did that this week too. I'm praying that we, we get the teachers and the, and the youth ministry going here. And I say, Lord, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Who's going to help? And he reminded me of what he told Peter. That's for me to decide. That's for me to decide. You just don't forget what you said. Because how quickly we forget when he was in their upper room two or three days before that and he's getting his feet washed. Peter said, Oh Lord, if you wash my hands and my feet and my head and my body, I'll do everything for you. 
except acknowledge you when they're at the barrel and acknowledge you in Pilate's judgment hall. And that's what he said, Jeff. Don't forget what you said you'd do. Don't forget, Jeff, what you said you would do. You know what? Quit worrying about my, Jeff, quit worrying about their call and worry about yours. Get you some balance. Because if I worry about your call, you know what I do? I neglect mine. So, I couldn't live up this. And Brother Chris Connor, this is the main point that I want to give today, too, is because I couldn't keep up in life. You say you need balance, Jeff. So what do we do then if we can't keep this book? Well, you know what he did? He said, you know what, they can't. So he sent his son. He connected something higher up and he sent it down so that I could align myself with him because I couldn't balance myself with this book because I was uh, me, me, tickled Perez. I was weak and found waiting and wanting. So the Bible says he attached it to the heavens and he sent his son down. And that's the same thing. That's not a level, that's a plumb bob. He told Amos, if my people are going to live like I'm going to live, I'm going to send my Savior down and they're going to have to live. And you know what I do now? I measure myself to him. That's what I do. Something greater than me showing this. And I almost called Chris and said, I need a foreign plumb bob. But you know what? Because I was so focused on this, God forbid, than I was this. I'm not worried about this. I'm worried about what it's attached to. I'm worried about what it's attached to. He said, don't fear this. Fear the one who has control over your soul. <clears throat> and so that's what the Lord done. He sent his only begotten son to be a perpetuation and, 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 and an advocate on our behalf. So now we have the word of God. We live by it. But this is the word made flesh dwelling among us that we can walk after him and talk like him. We can will like him. We can look like him. We can be his hands and we can be his feet. We can be all things in Christ Jesus. And you can have him today. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we've been seeing one give your life to the Lord today. It's that easy. It's that critical. It's that necessary. As we stand. <clears throat> if the Lord's calling you to serve, you don't, if the Lord's calling you, you don't know which way He's calling you. Let's pray. We talked about this last week. This is not finding fault. This is finding freedom. Finding freedom in Christ. Maybe you want to make that personal statement. Maybe you want to stand up and tell everybody that you love the Lord and you want to put that stake down today. Maybe you never made that confession of faith and you want to do that today. Today's the day of salvation. Make that publicly known. Hey, we've got you back. We're right here with you. We're family. We're family. Maybe you want to join the church. We'd love to have you join the church as well.